All right. How many are ready for baptism service? Make some noise. Come on. Welcome to the house of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you're here. Amen. We are so glad that you are here. Today we are going to talk a little bit about a new life in Christ because I felt like if we're going to have a baptism service and friends and family are going to be here, I would really like to have a message that I think would tell everybody about what the gospel is. So open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. It's going to be a good service. Today the weather is good. I was looking at it throughout the week. It looked like it was going to rain, so I'm so happy it's not raining. So today is going to be a great day. Look at your neighbor and say the new self. Amen. Do you know that you can have a new self? Everybody's born once. Think of it like this, and everybody's going to die once. Everybody's born once, and everybody's going to die once. Whether or not you accept Jesus will determine whether you'll get born again twice or you'll die twice. The Bible says that being spiritually reborn when you accept Jesus is your second life, and it's an eternal life that will never end. But if you do not accept Jesus, by default, you'll experience eternal death, which is the lake of fire. Did you know that the Bible called the lake of fire the second death? Did you know that? So being born again is a Christian experience. It's a new life. And dying without Christ is a second death going to hell. So everybody's born once. Everybody die, dies once. Now, do you want to live twice or do you want to die twice? Which one do you guys want? Somebody say live if you want to live. Somebody say die if you want to go to hell. Let me know. I'll look right at you when I preach. I want to know who I'm talking to today. So when we look to the Bible, we see that the Bible teaches us this whole concept about a second life. The second life is not something that you earn. The second life is not something that you get at reincarnation. The second life is only something you can get from the blood of Jesus because of the cross. Now ask yourself this question. How many religions are there in the world? Ask yourself that. And now try to answer it. How many religions do you think are in the world? Do you think there's a hundred? hundred or more? A thousand? Tens of thousands? Maybe even millions, right? How many philosophies do you think is in the world? Right now, if you just looked up philosophical worldviews, how people view the world, you'll get Nietzsche, you'll get what he believed, which, which was basically nihilism, nothing matters. You can look up Plato in the world of objects, abstract objects. Plato actually believed that the number two existed as an object. So if you've ever seen Sesame Street, that's based on Plato's understanding of the world because the number two talks and the number two walks around. You ever watch Sesame Street? It's okay to laugh in church, by the way. So Plato actually believed the number two existed. He actually believed there was a place out there where the number two was, the number four was, where morality was. That's what he actually believed in. There was another philosopher that actually believed in what we would call atoms. They were atomists. They believed that everything was made of atoms. They didn't have science to even let them know there were atoms, but they thought that was the building block of the world. Basically, Legos were atoms. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think any of those beliefs lead to the place of a new birth? How many has, do you think, lead to a new self? A hundred? Oh, come on, people. There's got to at least be at least a dozen religions that all lead to the same place, right? 
I mean, come on, it's not too different in the religious beliefs. Some talk about good and others talk about helping their neighbor. I mean, they got to have a lot in common, right? No, the Bible says this. Now, think about this. Everybody loves Jesus. Hindus even celebrate Christmas. I'm just telling you this. I got a lot of Hindu neighbors, Buddhist neighbors. They love Christmas. People love Jesus. As a matter of fact, most world religions put Jesus on their starting lineup. Did you know that? You know, the Cubs have a starting lineup. The Sox have a starting lineup. You know, in religion, religious figures, people pick starting lineups. You can get a book right now that will put Jesus and Buddha's teaching side by side. Who do you think made that, a Christian or a Buddhist? A Buddhist made that. They want Jesus on their starting lineup. Do you know that right now you can get a picture that looks kind of like Jesus, kind of like Krishna? It's mixed together. Jesus is sitting in a lotus pose. Who do you think made that, a Christian or a Hindu? Hindu said, we'll recruit him. We'll take him, like LeBron James in L.A. We'll take him. Muslims, oh, they love Jesus. Did you know that the Quran talks more about Jesus than it does about Muhammad? You can't even find Muhammad's name written in the Quran. It's not even written. It's, it's refer, he's referred to in the Quran, but you'll find Jesus' name over a dozen times referred to in the Quran. Everybody wants Jesus on their team. They, re they recruit him. They say, hey, we want you on our team. But what did Jesus say, that old sassy preacher, when he came and walked the earth? Did he say, I'm one of many ways to the Father? Just add me to the Buddhist team and I'll play for them. Did he say that there's at least two or three good ways? He said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And if you didn't understand him, he went on further to say, anybody coming another way is a thief and a robber. They're lying to you. So let's take this serious then today. Amen? Now don't take it serious because I'm up here and I have a microphone and now I deserve your respect. Don't just give me the respect of a, of a pastor because I have a microphone, I'm standing on stage. No, respect the Word of God. Because I could say, everybody look up at me, I could say two plus two equals five. Did that make it true because I'm a pastor and I have a microphone and I'm on a stage? How about this? You can jump off a building and fly today, boys and girls. Gravity doesn't exist anymore. Did me having a microphone standing on this stage with a cemetery, I mean a seminary degree, did that make any of those statements true? So any other of the statements I say right now aren't necessarily true. You study for yourself. You take the time and study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. You must take the time. So I meet people all the time and they go, Pastor, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. And then you know what I say back to them, I go, well, then you're going to study it then, right? I mean, you must want my number to get back in touch with me because there's no way you're going to treat me like as if I'm trying to get you to sell Plexus or I'm trying to get you to change your cell phone plan and now be with T-Mobile or I'm going door-to-door -door selling you cable because if I'm preaching to you and you're not sure about this, you're not taking my flyer and throwing it away or just forgetting about it, putting it in that drawer. You got all those, uh, you know, pizza companies and the delivery numbers. You're not just throwing it in there, are you? You better study this. The Bible says the message I'm presenting right now is literally the pearl of great price. That you would still get a great deal if you sold everything you had, 
Borrowed everything your neighbors had and sold it. Borrowed everything that Bill Gates had and sold it. If you traded the whole world for this message, you would still be getting a good deal. Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? I got the whole world. I did it my way. You gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. Bible says, what do you gain? What did Frank Sinatra gain? The Rat Pack. Some of you don't even know who that is. I say, Little Wayne, I get your attention. I say, The Rat Pack. These guys know. Come on. You know. Oh, yeah. All my, my dad's 71. All his heroes are dead now. All the ones that he looked up to, Buddy, Holly, all these guys that were 20 years older than him, all the cool guys, hey, oh, you know, all the cool guys, they're all dead now. Come on, Elvis is another one, the Doors, all these rock stars, and if you haven't, if they haven't died yet, they look like they're dead. All the drugs they did, are you listening? But Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his or her soul? The Bible says the message I'm about ready to tell you is worth everything. So don't just take my word for it. Are you there with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22? Somebody say the new self. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, Paul the apostle wrote this to us inspired by the Holy Spirit. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your, of your mind. Nudge your neighbor and say, you need a new attitude. Amen. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's a simple passage. I think even my nine-year-old can understand this. You were taught to take off your old self, which has a deceitful desire, a bad attitude, and you're to put on the new self, which is made to be like God, created in true righteousness and holiness. Well, right here we have to ask the question, why do we need a new self? If you're asking the question, why do I need a new self, you're already deceived thinking yourself right now as it is is okay. Can I help you understand why you need a new self? Because your old self has told lies, and God said, thou shalt not lie. Your old self has lusted after the opposite sex and the same sex and the, the sex, that transgendered sex. Come on, there's been lust all in this world, and the Bible said don't do that because you've disobeyed your parents even old sweet grandpa, you're a grandpa now, but I bet you at one time you disobeyed your parents. You weren't always so sweet. Come on, don't lie in church. <laughs> oh, the Bible says don't disobey your parents, children. Hey, we've taken the name of the Lord in vain. Do you know that saying, OMG on Facebook flippantly is taking the name of the Lord in vain? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. You don't say his name unless you're respecting and honoring him in prayer and worship or learning about him. You don't take it flippantly. The Bible says not to covet what your friend has. Oh, we've all coveted. We covet what our neighbor's yard looks like. They don't deserve a yard like that. I planted the same kind of garden, but why don't mine look like that? You would be surprised even what old people get mad about. I was living next to some old neighbors next to me, and they got so mad about their yard and who would touch on it. They would covet and be jealous of others. You've gotten covet, covetous, I'm sure, young people of what video games or cars or shoes or fashion somebody else has or those here that are middle class keeping up with the Joneses. Okay, so why do we need an old self to be changed into a 
new self is because our old self has deceived us. We've sinned in our old shell. We've sinned in this body. And so we need a new spiritual body, and it starts with the mind. The illustration he gives us is one of clothes. How many of you keep your dirty clothes on for maybe a week? How many of you wear the same clothes for a week? How many of you wear the same dirty clothes for a month? What's the illustration? Just like you have common sense to go change your clothes, you should have common sense to change your nature in Christ. Because C.S. Lewis, that great philosopher and fictional writer of the 60s and 70s, he said, we all know there's a desire for more in life. And so the problem is we suppress it. You know you're not supposed to walk around with that stinking attitude. You know it. You know you're not supposed to be angry the way you are. You know you're not supposed to treat people the way you do. You know there's more to life. It's like the songwriter said, there's a hole in my soul that only Jesus can fill to make me whole. Did you hear that? How many have felt that before? There's a hole in my soul that only Jesus can fill to make me whole. Go and talk to the older section right here, the gray hairs. Come on, can I get an amen from the gray hairs today? Come on, Mr. Swartz, can you hear me? We got it turned up today, amen. I'm kidding. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. You know, my mom is having to get her hearing, her hearing checked now. Yeah, and it's sad. You know, you grow up, you grow up loving your parents, and to see them grow old is a little bit hard, so I'm just teasing. But let me just say this, you know, my dad lives in Florida now. I don't know if you guys have Florida dreams. You might love Chicago winters, but my dad said he's done with them. He moved to Florida. He golfs with these guys all the time. They're in their 80s on a Dell Webb community. It's beautiful. I mean, I've been there, and they go around in golf carts. You guys know what I'm talking about, these communities. And you know what? I'll talk to this brother John. To John, I think your section's over there. So <laughs> I'm just in a teasing mood today. Oh, yeah, you want to go over there? And you know what he talks to him about? He says, are you ready to die? And they go, you see, you would think an 80-year-old man would be ready to have that conversation. But you know what they tell my dad? Ah, oh, Jim, I don't want to talk about it. Let's, let's go for the par here. He says, you're 80 years old. How don't you want to talk about it? But people are afraid of death. They, they don't want to think it through. They just think it's going to happen. Take me in the night. Let me get a heart attack and die. You know, I've, I've worked hard. I've prepared for my kids. I've done all the things right. I'll die when I die. But nobody wants to think, where do they go after they die? What if the preacher's right and your soul lives on? What if all you have is a momentary bleep, a blip, just from here to the next life, and you realize that you were made for more spiritually than you ever imagined. What if the physical was the shadow all along? You know, like I have a phone here. The phone's worth quite a bit of money, but I hold up the shadow, and the shadow's not worth anything. Okay, here's my phone. Here's the shadow of my phone. What do you want, right? Here's my wallet, young people. Come on. You want the shadow of the wallet, or do you want the wallet? Come on. Here's another example. Here's a five spot. Do you want the $5 bill or $10 here, two five spots, or do you want the shadow of it? Which one do you want, Will? Do you want the $5 bill, or do you want the shadow? All right, come on, let's give it up for Will. He got the right answer. Come on. Take your friend out for some, for some ice cream. Okay, let's try this again. Let's try it again. Let's go, Abby. Abby, let me get your attention. Which do you want, the $5 bill or the shadow of the $5 bill? All right, let's give it up for Abby. There you go. Save it up. It was her birthday yesterday. Everybody say happy birthday. We love Abby. You see, what do you want? 
do you want the eternal spiritual life or do you want this life that can die and go to a grave and turn to dust? The soul will live on and it will perish. You got to take off the old and put on the new. Somebody say put on the new. The illustration was meant to be clear for all of us to get. We have a choice to take off the old and put on the new. And so now the question is for you. Yes, you. If you can hear me and understand me, the question is for you. Do you want to be born again, be remade new, or do you want to stay the old you? No one can force you to do this. Even sometimes people think they're not that bad, but the question isn't how bad you are. You know you're going to die. That's the fact. Let's just get over it. You know you've sinned. Let's just get over it. The question is now, do you want to live again? Do you want to be born again? Do you want to fill the hole in your soul by Jesus Christ and be made whole? Can I hear an amen? I know many of you here can understand this. Well, guess what? This is where you can participate with me, and I want everybody to get out their phones. Come on. Put your phones in the air. Wave them like you care. Now post it up and let the whole world know that you're a Holy Ghost player. I <laughs> uh, tried to make it fit. Everybody get out your phone. Go to the Facebook page. And if you can see the live feed, I'm going to put up today's notes right here in these two pictures underneath the live feed. One is going to say you were created to be like God and to righteousness and holiness. And the other one is going to say I was created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. And so what I'm going to want you to do as I post these up is I want you to pick one, if you're going to use it as I personal, which is this one, I want you to put it on your page and share it. If you want to use the one that says you, I want you to put it on somebody else's page. And of course, you can do both. So here, they're going to be coming right now. You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How many believe that today? As I'm putting up these pictures, I want you to believe with me that there's nothing that you guys can have that compares with the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus Christ is going to be the best thing you'll ever have in life. I've been serving Jesus now for over 20 years, and nothing compares to knowing Jesus. How many have been serving Jesus and believe he's the best thing? Come on, he's the best thing you can ever have in your whole life. Here it comes. You guys ready? Here's the first one right now if you guys really want this here. I got to do it as this under Metro Praise. Go to the page. You'll see the live feed, or you can go to our website, and you'll see it there. You know what? It's only letting me put it. Go to my page if you guys want it because I can post a picture there. Since we're live, I can't post it. Go to Joe Y. Rostick and you'll find you were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Some may say, I was created. Now the next one that I'm going to put up is the I was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How many believe that today? How many would say, I was Come on, you know that God created you for this today. And here's the second one right now. And we're going to close out today praying for those who believe this. Whether or not you choose to be made the new you is up to you. I'm going to say that one last time before we get ready to baptize those who already made that decision. Whether or not you choose to be made a new you is up to you. God did it for me. 
God did it for so many in this place today. As we go outside, I'm going to let the rest of them preach the message today because every person you hear coming into the baptism tank, even if they're a child, they're saying the same confession of faith. I was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what we were made for. Sin took that away from us, even as being born into the sinful world as children. Though children are spared judgment before their conscience, before their time of accountability, but children, once they realize the wrong they've done, they are to be born again and accept Jesus as well. Can I hear an amen? So from the oldest to the youngest, can we say this together on the count of three? One, two, three. I was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us all here today. Band and altar workers, would you come please as I pray. Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity to have a wonderful baptism outdoors today. To be in the land of the living. To appreciate what you have done for us. Lord, as we watch these baptismal candidates come into the tank, make their profession of faith, Lord, may it encourage us to always live for you. And those who are here today who have not made that decision yet, whether they be young or old, Lord, I pray today that they'll take off the old and put on the new. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you want to do that, it's very simple. Jesus said, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. Paul said it like this, whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you are not sure of your salvation, that you've been given a new you on the inside that will live when your body dies, would you just call out to Jesus right now and say, I believe in you. And I ask you to change my life from the inside out. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Now, if some of you are here today and you would say, Pastor, I've done that before. I was raised in this or I've been around church before, but I'm not living like it. Would you confess the sins, those things that God says you ought not to do that you've been doing? You can have a clear conscience today. You can have a new start at the new life God's given you. And for the rest of us, would you pray right now that everyone would make it right with God? Come on, so if you're already right with God, pray for somebody that came here today, either a friend or family you brought or someone you might be uh, knowing that needs to do this. So everybody should be praying either for themselves or somebody else to know Jesus. Jesus, come into our hearts. Jesus, change our lives. Jesus, we believe that you died to make us new. You died to make us new. A few more moments. Lord, I pray no one leaves out here the same way they came in. I pray, Lord, that we will all search our hearts to have assurance of our salvation and a peace with you. Let all men and women and children be at peace with God today. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that he's still making people new, would you stand to your feet and give God a great big hand clap of praise? Come on, would you do that? We love you, Jesus. Somebody should say thank you, Jesus, or hallelujah. Hallelujah, we believe it. You're changing lives in this place, oh God. Woo!
hallelujah. Well, this is what we got set up for everybody today. Those of you who really want to make that confession of faith and feel like you could use some encouragement or prayer, find one of these altar workers before we go into the parking lot and they'll pray with you. Just like my mother prayed with me at a kitchen table when I was 18 years old and that's when I gave my heart to Jesus. They're here to help. But for everybody else, it's a real simple move. It's out this side door into the parking lot. We don't want anyone going around the, the sidewalk coming in through the gate because the gate's locked for security reasons and safety. So we're going to ask everybody just to go nice and neatly out there. If you have to use the bathroom, obviously, you can do that. And then those who are getting baptized, just get into your clothes. we got another bathroom in the children's area. You can change, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. How many are excited? Come on, let's do it! Slap your neighbor high five and say the new self. God bless you. You're dismissed. Let's get ready to baptize. Those who want prayer, come on up. Those who want to worship, feel free to worship.